Welcome to the Heal and Grow Journey podcast. I'm Jennifer, your host, a mental health and wellness advocate, and a trauma survivor. This platform will be used to break the silence and create awareness around mental health in the Black community and in general for all people. My hope is that you will feel seen, heard, supported, and valued as we progress through the journey of healing and growing. Welcome back to the Heal and Grow Journey podcast. Thank you for listening. The topic for today's episode is Manipulate Me Not. And in this episode, I'll be talking with the author of the book, Manipulate Me Not, which is Erica F. Smith. Erica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. No problem. How are you doing? I'm doing really well today. What about yourself? I'm doing well. I've had a little, some distractions this morning, but you know, (laughs) pressing forward. (laughs) Exactly. So how are you holding up in this pandemic? How are you guys adjusting and and just making it day to day, you and your family? The first thing is the pandemic is funny. Um, You know, we're here to talk about my book and I actually ended up producing and publishing my book during the pandemic because, you know, God has a way of, you know, sitting us down. And so, you know, this book is, you know, we'll get more into that, but this book has been on my heart to write since 19. But when you're busy, I have a 15 year old and 11 year old and been married for 16 years. So when you are busy and we're active, you just put those things off. So the pandemic has been a blessing in a way. Um, I did gain about 20 pounds because of COVID. And, you know, I've lost a little bit of that um, since then, you know, with us sitting down, not doing much. But the pandemic has really been a revelation for me. So it's it's, it's been a blessing. Everybody in my household got COVID at, at the same time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, we got it back in December, actually. Um, but we 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 beat it, and you know we're here, so I'm blessed and definitely taking it in. Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear that you guys, you know, were able to successfully beat that. That must have been a challenge. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But um, praise God that you guys are all safe and healthy, you know, and you got past that. So that's awesome. Okay, Erica. So for the listeners that may not be familiar with you, can you just you know introduce yourself a little bit and just kind of give us a high level overview of your story and what prompted you, you know, to write this book, Manipulate Me Not. Yeah, sure. You know, I I think it's a human natural thing. You know, we go on interviews and it's like, tell me about yourself. And it's like, I know myself, but what do I tell you about myself? (laughs) But um, I I live in, I'm a native of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I still live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, First and foremost, I'm a child of God. Um, I'm a wife and a mom. I'm a boy mom. If anybody follows me on social media, you know I my fashion is hood chic. <laughs> um, I love fashion. I love writing. Um, I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I am a newly published author, but I am definitely about to put more out there. Really all around an easygoing girl. Um, that's just who I am. I recently purchased your book, Manipulate Me Not. I've been following you on um, social media, on Instagram in particular, for a while now. I'm not even sure how I came across your um, profile, (laughs) but 
I, yeah, I just um, started following you. And I was just like, I absolutely love this woman. I was like, I love her. I, I could feel your energy through Instagram, like seriously. And I'm wow. like, yeah, like your energy is great. very powerful and it's, it's great energy. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of people are gravitating to you because we can, and I can't speak for others, but for me, I can literally like just feel your energy through the screen. Wow. And I was just, I've been following your post and I'm just like, she gets it. Yes, she gets it. She understands. She understands this healing journey. She, she just gets it, you know? And I was like, wow. And it's like, you're really anointed. I I feel like you're anointed. I picked up on that as I was going through your book as well. So I was like, okay, she's definitely been called to do this. So I'm glad you answered that call. (laughs) You know, as humans, you know, we know what God has pushed us to do, but still we need that iron shopping to iron because hearing you say this, like, okay, E, just keep going because keep you doing know, what you're is, doing. This is it. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing for sure. So, yes, yeah, so I read your book twice. I went through it twice already. <laughs> and, you know, I was really blessed by it. So, in the book, one of the things that really jumped out at me was when you talk about um, how sometimes we can manipulate ourselves and you know a lot of times you know we'll focus on guarding ourselves from others trying to manipulate us so when you were talking about how we manipulate ourselves at times I was like you know that's a real interesting perspective I never really looked at it that way before so um can you just share your perspective for those who haven't read the book yet on you know how we can manipulate ourselves at times yeah, um, and, and thank you for um, that. I'll say this: that is the biggest basis of this book that I wanted people to get from that. I know the title is like "Manipulate Me Not." It's like, oh, honey, I was in a relationship with him. He did that to me. He manipulated me, and it's or her, or my mom, or my siblings, or whatever, or a boss. And we fail to realize that it's so easy for us to cast judgment on others, and rightfully so, we do fall victim of those kind of things. But also, we have to take time and sit back and see what are we processing and doing to ourselves. You know what I mean? And um, and just to give you a background, when I initially, when God initially told me to write this book, like you are meant to share your story. It was at 19. um, I was in an apartment with my roommate and um, I initially wanted it to be up to children and young adults who were growing up in households where it just was jacked up. And knowing you don't have to go with the flow because your mom is that way or that's because your mom and that's how those generations work. So I was really like, tell these young kids it's okay you're not weird you're not alone you're God's child not earthly people all this stuff and I'm I'm so glad you know I'm 36 so I'm glad I've been able to live much more because God he wasn't ready for me to put that out in his healing and I realized you're getting my own healing that's where that self-manipulation comes from because as, as I wrote in my book you know not thinking you're smart and so creating these narratives on minds of why we're manipulating ourselves as far as, oh, well, I can't start this podcast. Nobody's going to listen. You are right there creating your own barrier for yourself. So I, I really want people to understand that, you know, it's so easy for us to say, woe is me. And they're doing this, this to me, but we really need to take back our own. Am I doing this to myself? I, I know maybe I've learned this, but let's unlearn some of these negative behaviors. Sorry if that was too long. <laughs> oh, no, that that was great. And that's that's the thing. I think a lot of times it really boils down to you holding 
yourself accountable, you know what I mean, for your own actions, your own negative self-talk, you know, and instead of focusing on other people, because obviously, yes, we've, we've been abused, we've, we've had our experiences with others, but it's like, at the end of the day, we only have control over ourselves. And so it's like, we need to focus that energy on ourselves and how we can better ourselves. And so a lot of times we are our own worst enemy, you know what I mean? And so I really liked how you pointed that out. Like, okay, you're like manipulating yourself. That really resonated with me. I was like, okay, that's a really good, interesting perspective, a spin on it. So at what point did you realize that you experienced childhood trauma and it wasn't just like tough love or, you know, a cultural thing? And I, and I am asking that because for me, like one of like my first episodes um, on this podcast, I talk about like, it's titled what is trauma. And so I was really trying to highlight to people that sometimes we're experiencing things and we don't even know, don't realize that, okay, this is actually a traumatic experience or I was actually being psychologically or emotionally abused in this scenario. So sometimes people just think it's normal when that's all you've ever known. Yeah. Some people think like, that's just the way it is. So at what point did you figure out like, Hey, I actually really experienced trauma you know, and different forms of abuse in my childhood. Yeah, it. Um, that's funny. Uh, I always kind of felt in my spirit uh, that something wasn't right. And, you know, with me always naturally being, I think, um, even though, you know, life circumstances in a way created a warrior, I always was that whether I had a battle or not, that's just how God, you know, made me. But um, it's funny, um, getting married so young, um, I, you know, actually initially went to marriage therapy with my husband and I counseling. Um, and one of the first things that the lady said was, let's talk about your childhood. And I'm like, hold up. No, we, we not here to talk about my childhood. <laughs> we're here to fix him. Like he, let's talk about that. <laughs> so right. <laughs> no, let's talk about you. Um, and so she wanted to spend some alone time with us separately. Um, and she, um, really told me just straight up, Erica, you have control issues. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't have control issues. Like I'm always, you know, letting people, you know, empowering people, encouraging people. They're just like, no, you have control, not necessarily over your husband, but over your environments. Things have been so out of control in your life that you want to make sure everything gets perfected. You know, you're afraid of either repeating what you saw, repeating what you experienced. So you, you're not even allowing yourself to be and breathe. And you're not, when you see things or warning trigger signs with your husband, you shut down, you shut down things, you shut down conversations, or you, you just, you're putting him in places that he don't deserve to be. So pretty much we ended up having separate counseling, praise God, because that's, that really opened up some revelations for me. And as we started going through my childhood, um, she just kind of said, you know, I don't know if you realize but you were abused. And I was like, no, no, I wasn't. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you were abused. She's like, you know, some people experience, you know, you think if, you, if you're molested or raped, you know, we sometimes we go to those extremes, especially people of color. We think, oh, it has to be to that level for me to classify that as trauma or being uh, abused. And she was like, no, she was like, you know, emotionally, um, you know, and again, in, 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 in our culture, a lot of times our whoopings, <laughs> right. 
It's some different things, you know, verbally. And I, I sat back with that for a minute. And I think that that really jacked me up for a couple of weeks because, well, what, I'm 36 now. And that was about uh, eight years ago. So, I mean, it okay. was a real thing. You talking about a young woman raising young kids and, you know, all these things, not even understanding what I was experiencing. You know what I mean? So it was about eight years ago where I, I was enlightened that, that you were abused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think there are just so many people walking around with unprocessed trauma and they just don't even realize that that's what's going on with them, you know, and it just, it, you know, when we don't process the trauma, it's like, it seeps out in other areas of our life. You know, it can seep out in your physical health, you know, it seeps out in your relationships where you relate to other people. And there's just so many things that it can impact in your adult life, especially if it was something that you experienced in childhood. And, you know, that's one of the things that I want people to get from this podcast is to understand, like, take the time to process your trauma process, you know, things that happen, stop suppressing things, stop pretending like, and just being in denial, you know what I mean? Like, just face it, feel it, sit with it and process it, heal from it and move on. I just wish I could just get everybody (laughs) to do that, you know, and, and that's why I'm just an advocate. I'm an advocate for it because that was my story. Like I just, I knew I experienced some things, but it was just like, I kind of blocked them out, you know, and then it wasn't until I had my daughter, I'm a mother of three and my daughter is my youngest, she's five. And it was like, having a daughter now I I was seeing myself and then just seeing her as a little girl just kept bringing up for me things that I experienced as a little girl and I'm like I would never want my daughter to experience these things and so it was like I began to be come like haunted by like my my childhood all of a sudden and I'm I'm 40 now this stuff it never really came up until I have my daughter and I was like, wow, like I need to go and talk to somebody. I need to go and get some help, you know, to process this stuff. And um, it was like, wow. Then I'm talking to a therapist and she's like, well, you know, this, what you're experiencing now is connected to that. And that's connected to that. And, you know, and she was just connecting all these dots. And I was like, whoa, this is why I've been this way. Like my whole life is all I've ever known. And had I have known this earlier, like you need to go and process this trauma. Like I would have, I wish I would have known earlier in life, but you just, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just important. It's so important. Uh, And one of your chapters, uh, I think it's titled Dear Mama, you know, talking about your relationship with your mom. And so my question is, did learning your mom's personal story, did that help you have empathy for her? And how critical was learning her story for your healing? Oh, uh, that's a loaded question. I know, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, it helped me have empathy, but it also it also birthed me going through a phase of enabling her behavior. If that if that makes sense, when you learn um, what a person has been through, you, you process. In several ways, and a, a lot of people, you know, it's like, okay, oh, they they so then you make it okay to deal with them victimizing you. I mean, them manipulating you. Um, and and to this day, uh, you know, and that's why you know you were talking about healing and how important it is. A lot of people don't do that healing, Jennifer, because it's a consistent thing. You don't just post something or go to therapy a couple of times and think you're good. You have to consistently 
uh, you know, remind yourself of those tools you've learned. You have to consistently utilize those things because you'll be like, OK, well, I ain't talked to them in a couple months. I ain't heard from them. And then you'll end up reverting back to everything that you learned or that got you in this place. So um, it my heart breaks uh, even to this very day for my mother. Um, but yeah, yeah, it it helps, but it also hinders. Is like I have to consistently stay balanced on how I deal with that relationship because of that reason. Okay, so it 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 was helpful, but at the same time, it kind of if you didn't catch yourself, you would maybe like be enabling the behavior. Yeah, and that's okay. why it's important for us. Again, it goes back to that self manipulation. It's it's cool and all to hear everybody's stories. It's cool to understand, and it's actually. It's, it's you get something when you understand what's behind those behaviors. However, it is not your responsibility to make sure they get their healing. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's why so many people, women stay in domestic relationships and men too, men get beat up on and verbally abused too. But we stay in those things because I didn't have, I didn't have that growing up. Well, I don't know how to do that. And so we're manipulating ourselves. Say, okay. While being manipulated, we're also manipulating our thoughts. Well, they went through that. And so I guess I need to. And so that that's that twofold with that healing never, ever stops. And that that's kind of how that is with that. Yeah, I totally understand that. And and that's why I I say heal and grow journey, because for me, the way I look at it, this is a lifelong process. I feel like until the day I take my last breath, I would I'll still be in the process. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not that you'll never be whole. Like, yes, you you will be whole. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's so much that you have to unlearn and new things that you learn. And then there'll be like new things and different phases of your life that you'll experience. And so it is a journey. It's not a one-stop shop. It's definitely a journey. So I get that. Okay. So my next question is how much of your healing thus far do you contribute to therapy and would you recommend therapy for others now number one for sure therapy everybody get it even if you're good and you don't think nothing's wrong you know just just talk to somebody you know because because there's things that we may not think that's going on that are just like how you and i talked about there were things buried or we didn't know how to associate it um now with the therapy, I'd have to say, I'm going to say about 30 or 40% because um, I have to say having the right tribe, having the word of God, having his reassurance of who I am and him, um, having good support systems. Those, those are huge because, because, you know, you can go to therapy, but you got to have the right people around to make sure you're doing that work though, or the right people around to say, you know, you reverting back to what you was doing, right? You need people that's going to tell you the truth and love that want you to win and want you to heal. So therapy, I wouldn't give it a huge percentage because that's just one of many tools that we got to right. use. However, they definitely it's big. Um, and how I started my therapy was through uh, EAP, you know, it, um, through my employer, you know, so a lot of people, they may think they can't afford it or sometimes they may go with a church, but I highly recommend you go with somebody you don't know. <laughs> um, so you can really get all it out. So yeah, my first because I'm that, um, free through my employer, I knew that I needed to proceed and um, continue that. So I began paying for it. So for those out there that don't know, check with your employer and see if there's free services for um, some counseling or therapy. Yeah, definitely. Now, just out of curiosity, did you go with a, a therapist of color? Did that matter to you? Or was it just like you didn't have a preference, I should say? 
I had a preference. Uh, however, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and if I went to Atlanta an hour and a half down the road, there's tons. But here where I live, there's not a lot. And um, and then if, you know, you, you go with your church or whatever, you know, there's plenty in there. But as um, far as and you know, they're not certified, but they consider themselves counselors. But um, it, it, it was important and it still is important. However, some of the most and however, I never did. You know, I had one person that um, was a woman of color. But the, the amazing thing is um, I've had three, three different counselors or therapists. Um, one is an older white gentleman. Uh, one is a middle aged white lady. And another one is a younger black woman. So those were my three people over the course of the eight years that I've been through therapy. And I have to say the older white gentleman probably was my biggest breakthroughs just, you know, right there. And he was Christian based. Um, I remember him even the first time we shook hands, he said, you need to get your immune system checked because he said my hands were abnormally way too cold. And I didn't even know I had um, poor circulation issues. I always thought I had bigger ankles just because I did. Um, but, um, you know, just, you know, my feet and whatever. But but also don't negate maybe your blessing because, you know, because of a color. Feel their energy. Feel their vibes. You can go to the same person and look like you and it ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about making sure you're, you're praying before you go into a situation and trust that energy you are feeling when you are walking in them doors. Oh yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And uh, although I I do, you know, me personally I have a preference, um but I have, you know, have seen multiple, you know, therapists of color that weren't was not a good fit for me. You know what I mean? So to your point, just because they are of color as well doesn't that's not the only thing. You know, that was yeah. a preference of mine. A female was a preference of mine. A Christian was a preference of mine. But yeah, it's it's all about feeling that energy and, and feeling like, okay, we're aligned. This person, you know, really gets me. So I totally agree with that. In the book, you state at one point that um, like you're the oldest of your siblings and how you were, you know, I think you said at 11 years old, you were like making, preparing bottles and things, you know, for your younger um, sibling. When you're obligated to act as a parent for a sibling, there's a term for that. Um, it's called parentification. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No. Yeah, there's a term for it. It's called parentification. And um, so my question is, do you think the fact that you had to take on that role as an adult for your younger siblings, would you say that contributed to you not having a close relationship with them? Did that, did that play a role in it at all? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think um, based on what people have shared, uh, what <laughs> some of my siblings have shared during their frustrate, frustrating moments, a lot of it centers back to our generational curse. Uh, you know, there's one chapter in my book where uh, I don't go into details. And I'll say one reason I didn't go into details of all the stories because these people are still living and also literally like seriously there's way too many events i'm talking about crazy psycho events that has happened with my family and my mom for me to really recall it because it became that normal um just an example at 16 years old at my second job my mom was upset with me about something. So she came to my job and ripped my shirt off. <laughs> um, I'm 16. And that was normal. That was just, you just process it and you just go with it. And wow. so, yeah, in, in front of everybody. So, <laughs> um, 
one of my sibling that uh, actually lived down the street and I didn't put in my book, but this did happen during that time. One day I was riding by his house and there was a single sign in so this is, you know, I don't put that in my book. Uh, I didn't put it in my book, but um, my sibling, when we finally did talk, he said the reason why he had an issue with me is because I won't have a relationship with my mom. So again, it still centers back to those generational curses. And I don't blame my mother for his choices. That's that manipulation. I blame him. You, you, you can choose what you want to choose, but you choose not to have a relationship with someone solely because I choose not to have a relationship with our mother. So that's kind of this, this, the toxic stuff I, I deal with. <laughs> I understand. I understand. And, you know, and it's so hard, you know what I'm saying? Because I know in the book, you talk about being the black sheep and it wasn't until recently that I realized that I was also a black sheep, um, you know. And, and just looking at my relationship with my siblings and things. And I'm, I just thought it was because I was the youngest, but no, as I educated myself more, I was like, oh, you're the black sheep. Okay. So <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> it makes sense now. Okay. So this is what it is. This is what I've been dealing with. Okay. So, um, and it's, it's so hard, you know, especially at first, but you got to get to that point where you um, you accept it and you realize, okay, this is what it is. And you just yep. put that energy in, you know, healing yourself and just living your life. And, and you, like you said, just breaking those cycles and just moving away from that. But it is, it is extremely hard. You know, it really yeah. is. So when you realize you're the black sheep, right. Are there any tips that you could give someone that has already made or needs to make that decision to kind of like just love from a distance, love their family from a distance? Like, what would you say to someone that's in that situation right now? I, I say, you know, the, the biggest thing is, and that's the title of the chapter is the power. I, I think it's so important for us to start reversing what other people put on us. And again, that goes back to the manipulation. You are allowing somebody else's opinion of you or what, they, or what they're trying to impede or their treatment of you. You're deciding to accept that. And we have to, number one, that person, whoever is listening, first of all, you have to quit accepting what other people say you are or what other people think you are. That, because when we, we think about a black sheep, we think the rest of the sheep's are white. And you have this one black sheep that's standing out. But baby, you're standing out for a reason. And that's the one thing that I learned in therapy. You are the black sheep because you're different, because you're unique, because all of these people is running around in all this chaos and toxicity. And you're like, hold up, wait a minute. It's a bright light. Like sometimes there's some folks that's just dramatic and toxic and don't nobody want to talk to them and call them because you drama. And some, they rightfully so get the black sheep. But then there's also the perspective where you have to take their power back and say, am I the black sheep because I'm I'm causing all this division because I don't bring good energy or am I the black sheep because I do bring good energy because I, you know, I'm different. And so they first got to determine that which one, which category do you fall in? Let's have some self-reflection first and foremost because you know jennifer we have some people over here like yeah i'm the black sheep and i got power but <laughs> you, you the one acting crazy that's why you the black sheep so right <laughs> where you where you fall um but, but for those like you, yourself and me um take that power back 
take it back and walk boldly in your, if you want to call it odd or whatever, but it is odd when you're deciding to go against the grain. It is odd when you're deciding to speak up when other people are cowards and they don't want to, or when you're deciding to speak up for your health, for your mental health, for your peace, for your sanity, because we're not here forever. And we waste all this time trying to cater and please other people that could care less when you you behind closed doors having a mental breakdown. And when Mm. you cry, and you can't keep your thoughts right. And you at work and you can't even type one email. And you're trying to figure out why is all this happening? It's because you're trying to take in everybody else's energy, make sure everybody good while you're suffering in silence. And that was what's happening to me. And when I decided this, this is shame for me, I don't care what you say or what you say. And it takes tears, Jennifer. It takes tears. It takes pain. It takes you questioning yourself. It takes you not getting invited to stuff. But I promise if you, people just keep going and go with the right motives, one day you're going to wake up smiling and happy, like where that comes from. And it just comes from you continually to walk in that power that you accepted and you took back from other people trying to put that black sheep label on you. So that's that. Ooh, well <laughs> said. I mean, well said. I mean, that is, that's, that's it right there. Spot on. I mean, it is definitely taking your power back and, you know, to your point, you know, there might be people out there that's, you know, labeled a black sheep because, you know, they might really just be that drama. So, you know, it is important to do that self-reflection and look at yourself and, and just look at, you know, how you're showing up and, um, you know, and hold yourself accountable. If you are, yeah. you know, maybe you have unresolved, you know, issues, you know, unprocessed trauma, you know, try to get down to the root cause of your behavior, you know what I mean? Um, and then go from there. So, yeah. But again, if you're not, if that's not the case and you're the one that doesn't want to sweep things under the rug and you, you calling things out, you know what I mean? And you're like you said in your book, you don't subscribe to that group think. I love that. I cannot stand group think. I can't deal with it. I mean, it's just like, can you, can you not just be an individual? Can you, you can't just, you know, why do you have to just go along with, you know, like you said, just because you might, someone might have an individual, you know, disagreement with someone and it has nothing to do with you, but you're going to insert yourself into it, you know, just because like, uh -uh. so yes. Think about the group. I think it came from <laughs> a Christian women's group I was a part of. <laughs> and girl, nobody wanted to be honest. Everybody want they want to have be a social group. There's a difference between being social. Let's go out and be social, but let's not hold each other accountable. If if somebody husband talking crazy to them, and we all just like, whoo, you know, we ain't saying nothing though. So you know that that's more of that because you may be in a group think situation and somebody is desperate for you to take up for them. Somebody is desperate for you to set so for somebody to stand up and say, hey, are you OK? Or take them to the side. So when we are in those group think moments, we are missing the moment. And so it's bigger than just us being individuals thinking, I don't want to go with the group. I don't want to go with the crowd. But what if you're also you stepping out of that group think it's going to help somebody else? And so I, I encourage people to not just think of group think as a selfish thing, but think of it as a breakthrough thing that you could really be that kindness, that one moment for somebody else, you could change their lives or, or that moment in that time. Absolutely. Um, This is from chapter six, where you talk about almost lost it all. How did you break out of focusing on what you didn't have versus being thankful for what you do have? Mm Because I I know you talked about, you know, where 
because of all your drama and stuff from your family of origin, it was hindering you. Yeah. Just being grateful and and focusing on, you know, your immediate family. And that was like a distraction. So how did you break out of that? I think I had no choice because I was getting to a point where I couldn't function just like regular functioning things and having anxiety and not knowing I had anxiety or having panic attacks and me not identifying those were panic attacks, just in, in just getting exhausted with fighting for peace and fighting for your reputation and fighting for relationships that people really don't want with you. Those things will really do something to your mental and your body that you think we think we're immune to things because we don't have biological things going on. None of us are immune to these sort of breakdowns. And Jennifer, I started to have a breakdown. Um, Like I said, uh, I've come a long way with being at peace with, hey, me and my mother, you know, it's just not going to work. And uh, with the four siblings, three of them, you know, we live in different areas because I've always wanted family, but I never was raised to want family, if that makes sense. So I've been trying to convince myself and accept things for 30 plus years that God is like, why are you trying to make this what it ain't? You know what I'm saying? So I had to have those moments. And when that one brother, and imagine this, when we go to work and we take our kids to school, we're passing frequently for months, for months. And my sons are big, you know, and they're like, oh, we can't, why can't we go? And it's like, it changed in a second. So y'all understand that was anxiousness. You see in a car coming, you see them coming, you tell yourself, don't look. That's unhealthy for anybody, especially mm-hmm. when you're reaching out and reaching out. So between that, and now me starting to manipulate myself. Oh, my God, you don't have your mom. Oh, my God, your dad doesn't really do for you. Uh, you know, all those negative thoughts started coming to me and I was starting to have a breakdown. So that's the moment where I was like, you know what? My husband is like amazing. And he started getting irritated. Like when I started just bringing up things that he normally would be like, babe, it's OK. I could tell he re- he was realizing I wasn't trying to receive the healing. He was trying to help me get because we're, we still fo- I'm still focused on what I don't have. And he's like, what? At some point, and that's that tough love. You got to love people through it. And he was loving me through it respectfully. Be like, you you just got to stop. Do you? This is insanity. You keep wanting them to be something. They're not. That's how repeating a cycle and expecting something different. You ain't getting those results. So just having a man that's literally, you know, and I talk about childhood trauma, but the crazy thing is I think I went through more traumatic situations in this family's situation when I broke free, when I was an adult. You know, and I found, I remember one time saying, I feel like I'm still in jail and I'm paying grown lady bills. I still feel like I'm under this roof because I'm deciding to still deal with things, even though I had a career, children, a mortgage, and those are the things. So pretty much my husband just being like, Erica, th- this is too much. And I was the one person I could be vulnerable with, with everything and a few of my friends. And he, when he was just like, I may be out because you don't even, you letting everything that's beautiful just kill you. And it just, that was my moment. Like, I think it's time to go to therapy again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That chapter right there. I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I could relate. You know, and my husband is, you know, he's sitting on the side here. He's my producer. And I know if he could speak right now, he would be like, <laughs> I could totally relate to that. Because, yeah, because, you know, you just get distracted focusing on what you don't have 
Who's not talking to who, who did this to you, who betrayed you, you know, all this stuff. And then you, you're here, you have a loving husband, you have beautiful children, you know, you have people that do care about you. You know what I mean? You're, you're excelling at work and your career, everything else, you know what I mean? You're healthy, everything else you're blessed, but for some reason, you know, you're distracted with all this, this, this other stuff. And it, you know, oh, it's, it's a process, you know, and that's the process that I'm still, I've gotten so much better than God, but, um, it, it was a struggle at one point I could totally relate. And I, when I realized, okay, this is affecting me so negatively, it's affecting my health. It's affecting me in so many ways. Like I, I just really, I need to get it together. I need to get it together. So it's, it's hard, you know what I mean? But, um, very hard. Glad we're being honest about that. We're not yeah. sugarcoating like this, 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 this breaking barriers and generational cursing is truly ain't for the faint of heart. Ooh. So you can't say you won't ready to do that work because this ish is hard. Okay. It's very hard. And, you know, even with marriage, like we're going on 12, 12 years married this year. And, you know, we're, we're breaking that generational curse. We're breaking that cycle of divorce. You know, we both come mm-hmm. from, you know, divorced um, parents and, you know, and that's one of the things we're fighting for. You know, we, we want to break that cycle, you know, and you yeah. get tested, you get tested so much, you know yeah. what I mean? The enemy will throw so much at you. Um, but once you know what you're dealing with and you understand spiritual warfare and you understand, you know, you can, you know, you just let God, you use God as your anchor. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it is, you know, like you said, you got to put your big girl panties on. That's what, what a Jan Levin Zent will say. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so for sure. One last question. This is, I think it's also in chapter four where you make a statement and you say, a wound cannot properly heal if you continue ripping the bandage off. So can you elaborate on what you what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that, that came to me years ago and that's how I came up. What my book is, is just me putting notes in my phone over like the last four or five years. And that just, that thought came to me in the shower, probably three years ago, my best thing comes in the bathrooms, but, um, it was me continually to revisit relationships that needed to die, that needed to die. Me, um, revisiting even eating habits that needed to stop me revisiting whether it's watching certain shows that give me an unrealistic view of what reality is and what I'm doing is I'm thinking okay well this is what marriage really looks like but I'm watching these people over here that's fake but I'm thinking that's my husband how my husband should look like this is how my husband should behave this is how my, me and my most relationship should be so not only do you you're continuously ripping band-aids off when it comes to being in relationships that you need healing from, but it's also you're opening back up your mind and your eyes to things that you know that need to be sealed and don't open it up and keep picking it because you're going to continue to bleed and you're going to be wondering why am I keep going through this because you're not even letting that wound heal. You're not giving it that time. You're not giving it that ointment, which is your treatment, your therapy, your 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 counseling, your Bible reading, your meditation. You have to be before you're treating these wounds. Yeah, it's whew. that's so true. So true. Okay, Erica. Well, this has been an 
awesome conversation. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I really enjoyed the book. So for those, for our listeners, um, how can they get the book? How can they connect with you off of here? Um, what are your social media handles and where can they get the book? Yeah, and thank you, this Jennifer. This has been wonderful. Uh, I, I told my husband before we came on here, I was like, wish me luck. She was like, you don't need luck. This is your life. You're just talking about who you are. So, you know, I just um, thank you for this platform and just thank you for even having me because as we continue to talk about things, it just helps you reassure you're on the right track or sometimes it makes us realize, okay, I need to fix some things. So thank you for allowing me to be on this platform. Um, but you can get my book right now. It's on Amazon. Um, I'm speaking to the atmosphere that by the end of 2021, it'll be in targets and Walmarts. But right now it's on Amazon. So you guys can, um, uh, put in manipulate me not in amazon search engine and you will see my book um you, they can also find me on uh, social media at um manipulate me not um on my instagram and um i do have two social media platforms one is about my natural hair journeys or with my family um and that's called locks love and fitness with ease so if you want more of that life i'm out there too but for my book and like daily inspirational content where i just see betrayal me and my family out there which Jennifer you're a part of my IG family we just we just we just turn up this we turn up so um that's manipulate me not on instagram and um um right now that's about it but definitely more to come i'm a fresh baby out here in the arthur game so y'all just stay tuned watch what ease got to come awesome to my listeners i really hope you find this episode helpful and i hope that you are blessed and encouraged by it and as always until next time If you need to contact me, I can be reached via email at healinggrowjourneypodcast at gmail.com. If you have not done so already, please write a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy listening to Heal and Grow Journey. I would greatly appreciate the support. In addition, please follow the Heal and Grow Journey Instagram page at Heal and Grow Journey. Please like and follow the Heal and Grow Journey Podcast Facebook page and the Heal and Grow Journey podcast Twitter page. Until next time, take care.